This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Max Jeffrey, and I'm joined today by Fraser Nelson and Katie Balls. Lee Anderson has just been suspended from the Conservative Party following an interview he gave to GB News, where he said that Sadiq Khan's Islamist mates have got control of the London mayor. Here's a clip of exactly what he said. I heard the comments here. I heard the comments earlier you was making about Suella some of the comments she made earlier this week. And I don't actually believe that these Islamists have got control of our country. But what I do believe is they've got control of Khan and they've got control of London. And again, this stems with Khan. He's, 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 he's actually given our, given our capital city away to his mates. Katie, can you give us some insight into what's happened this afternoon? Yeah, so these comments, as you mentioned, they aired on GB News on Friday night and I think quickly drew criticism online. You had Labour going on the attack. You had Sadiq Khan coming out and saying they're Islamophobic, they're anti-Muslim and suggesting that Rishi Sunak was complicit in this because of this silence from the cabinet. You get to the point today where you had some prominent Tories speak out to criticise Lee Anderson. So, for example, Sajid Javid, the former Chancellor, described the comments as ridiculous. And I think privately, the whips and others were getting a lot more. MPs wanting to distance themselves from what Lee Anderson had said. And then a decision early this afternoon that the chief whip, Simon Hart, had effectively withdrawn the whip. He is suspended as a Tory MP. And this decision, I don't think, was taken lightly. I mean, it did take... A little while we can point out to that at least but also it seems that they were trying to find a way to keep Lee Anderson asking him to apologize for his comments Lee Anderson refused to apologize and that's why they took the decision they did. Fraser you write in a blog today that you think this was the right decision? Yeah, very much so. He crossed the line and it was quite obvious that he crossed the line. There is, um, you know, I'm no admirer of Sadiq Khan's, but there's absolutely nothing to say that he's influenced by Islamists, he's being controlled by Islamists, or that the Islamists are his mates in any way. It's a, Now, if that had been some bizarre slip of the tongue and Lee Anderson had apologised for it, that would have been bad enough. But to refuse to apologise, to stand by a completely indefensible comment did put Sunak in a situation where not just um, Sasha Javid, but a large number of his MPs would have been attacking Lee Anderson and the whole thing would have got a lot worse. So I think he did the right thing in withdrawing the whip. I don't think he had um, he had much option. But I also see this in the context of the kind of centripetal forces pulling the Conservatives in various directions. We have, I mean, this whole um, discussion was started when Suella Braverman wrote an article with The Telegraph talking about the threats that the, the, the hold that Islamists have got and asking the, the extent of their influence. This is again pegged to the debacle of the Commons votes last Wednesday. Now, in the context of a Tory party that is expecting to be defeated and they're expecting to have a leadership election, a lot of people are asking, OK, who is going to be the boldest? Who is going to be the person who tells it as it is? So it was like a Dutch auction, if you like, to see who can be the most outspoken, believing that this is what will ultimately get them voters. So you see this kind of strange behaviour leading to the blow-up we've witnessed this Saturday afternoon. Fraser, you said it was um, that Lee Anderson went too far, but this is exactly what 
Rishi Sunak brought him into his government to do. This is what Lee Anderson is known for, right? Yes, it's his job to go too far. He was made deputy chairman because he's somebody who would do a controlled explosion now and again. He would say, for example, that the capital punishment should be brought back. He was telling the spectator that in an interview. He'd say that um, the boat people should be put on Royal Navy frigates. So he would do every now and again something that would cause a fuss, but it was a helpful fuss. It was uh, as if um, the Tories were emitting a sort of chaff or a flare that would save them from an incoming missile from the right. This is the kind of tactic that's used. And that's why he was given this prominent position. Sunak knows that he's a kind of um, besuited technocrat who would never in a million years use this language. But he also knows that he needs to keep his party together and stop a kind of right-wing challenger from using populist language. So in order to do this, he engages quasi-populist figures like Lee Anderson. But the problem is, if you're going to play this game, you need to play it well and judiciously. And he didn't play it particularly well. Swala Ravman didn't. That's why she had to quit uh, as Home Secretary. And Lee Anderson went way over the line of respectability this afternoon. Katie, what do you think is next for Lee Anderson? Is he going to join the Reform Party, do you think? I think it's a possibility. Um, Notably, at least at the time of recording, Lee Anderson has not said anything publicly since the news of his suspension had broken. I think there have been multiple attempts to contact him all around. But I suppose the question is, is there a path back for Lee Anderson? In the sense, he's lost the whip, but is the message to Lee Anderson that if he apologises now, does so at a later date, will take some steps, there could be a path back to... Re- restoring the whip to being the Conservative candidate in the next election? Or is it the case that Lee Anderson does not have that route, partly because he doesn't want to apologise and feels as though he has been hard done by? In which case, you can't really get around the fact that when in the past, uh, when the Home Office and Number 10 have been nervous about MPs potentially defecting, Lee Anderson has long been on part of the Reform Watch group. So the group of MPs they thought were most likely to potentially defect to reform. He obviously has a red wall seat. He has also spoken in the past about how he has been targeted for potential defections. So you could have a situation where Lee Anderson thinks he doesn't have much to lose. Why not go there? And reform's polling pretty well at the moment, or at least, you know, the best it has, really. And that could give them some energy. That would be a headache for Rishi Zunak. I, I think the other question is how much sympathy is there in the Tory party for Lee Anderson following the suspension? Because he is actually quite a popular figure. He's certainly a grassroots favourite, but the MPs who like him are quite across the party. You have some One Nation Tories who you know, speak very fondly of Lee Anderson and you start to look at them thinking you've got very little in common. So, so I don't think he is, despite his rhetoric a lot of the time, he's not actually that divisive a figure within the Tory party. But yeah, I think there are plenty MPs on the right that do think his comments went too far for the reasons that Fraser has outlined. And there is a balance to be struck between being anti-Islamic extremism, and that's something we'll be hearing a lot more of when you look at the events this week in the Commons Chamber, um, you know, when the Speaker upended tradition because MPs worried about threats, and just being anti-Muslim. And therefore, I think, you know, in terms of his comments, you've yet to really see anyone come out and actively defend him, um, because that would be what might decide a bit more what his path is going to be. Fraser, do you think that um, Rishi Sunak has something to lose by not having MPs like Lee Anderson in his party, not having MPs like Suella Braverman on his side? 
Oh, yes, there's no doubt that Sinek's position is a lot more vulnerable now. I mean, he did think he could... He sees it as a go, as governing in coalition. He's mindful that he lost the leadership election and that when he came to number 10, he had to assemble a coalition of the moderates, of the left, of the right, the dries and the wets. And he absolutely needed the, the, the Suella Bravamans, the Lee Andersons, the people who would be there to suggest that there was no splitting with the Conservative Party, but they were all fat, one family, even though they had members who would speak in various different tones. But now he's pretty much lost that. He's getting in danger of defining himself against the more um, fiery language elements of the Conservative Party at a time where they look over the Atlantic and they see Donald Trump doing very well by saying the unsayable. So I think that the um, as Trump becomes more successful and more likely to be the next president, this is going to embolden certain Tory MPs who think this is simply the language which the, the public wants. And by the way, they're in dire straits. They're facing not just defeat, but almost annihilation, according to some of the opinion polls. And that does make them reach for ever more desperate measures, jumping the rhetorical shark. This wasn't just a one-off by Lee Anderson. I think this is a pattern of behaviour that we're likely to see again and again. And he resigned, not just because Sunak was um, appalled by what he did, but because Sunak wanted to avoid a, a left-right battle. Sunak was imagining a situation where by Sunday you had not just Sasha Javid, but about a dozen Tories saying, this is terrible, Lee Anderson's got to go, this, this, this party's falling apart. So... Sunak, uh, I think he tries to keep it act together. This is the big question as to whether he can actually hold the party together until the um, general election that may be held on November the 14th. There are several months to go um, between now and then. And this is what the Tory party is like in February. Goodness knows what it's going to look like in October. And I think that, in a way, you step away from the comments, which are clearly what has driven this whole episode. But I think you just step away and think about what Lee Anderson's departure from the Tory party means. I think it will probably just add to the sentiment that the party is moving away from the red wall, regardless of what you think of the comments. I think most Tory MPs are quite appalled by the comments. But I think, you know, in a, in a month or two time, and you don't have Lee Anderson as a Tory MP, it's just going to, again, probably confirm that feeling amongst parts of the party, some of the plotters and others, that... Under Rishi Sunak, the party is moving more towards its traditional Tory seats. And if you look at who's in the cabinet and who's not, a decision has been made of where to prioritise. And that is a bit uncomfortable for Rishi Sunak. Even I think, though, I think some of the MPs who don't like that direction will think he made the right decision today. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Fraser. And thank you very much for listening.